You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. We pray this message encourages you today. Thanks for listening. Well, last week we kicked off a new series called What's the Point? And it's actually inspired by a book that our good friend, Pastor Matt Keller, wrote called Donkey Mission. We're going to talk about what that name means means in just a moment. But we're talking about finding purpose when life seems pointless. Let me ask you this question. How many of you have a space in your home, in your apartment, where things just tend to, to collect, where the junk just tends to clutter up? Anybody got a space like that? Maybe it's, you know, the junk drawer. How many of you have a junk drawer in your kitchen? We have a junk drawer in our house. Maybe it's your attic that's just full of stuff. Maybe it's that closet door that when you open it, you open it kind of cautiously because you're afraid that everything like may spill out on you. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? For us in the Ziegler house, it's our garage. The garage is the place where stuff just tends to end up. Between being a family of five, all the Amazon deliveries, and we get a lot of deliveries from from church still, and the recycling just kind of piles up in there. And like on recycling day, like our neighbors put out like nice little neat, small little piles of recycling, and the Ziegler's have like this mountain of cardboard out in front of the house. And I'm pretty sure most of our neighbors are like, think that we're running either an Amazon business out of our garage or we're drug dealers. They're not sure which one. But like, what is going, like you wouldn't believe the amount of stuff that moves in and out of our, of our garage. And how many of you have thought about cleaning that space at some point in time, you know, that cluttered up closet, whatever it is. And, you know, every time you go to clean it, you find yourself thinking, what's the point? Like, it's just going to get cluttered up again anyway. Like, six months months from now, I know myself, I know my patterns, I know our family. Like, the junk is just going to end up there again. Like, it's not even worth it. What's, What's the point? And it's one thing to have, you know, a cluttered up attic or a cluttered up closet or garage. It's another thing to have aspects of your soul that are cluttered. Because I think for many of us, there's a space in our hearts, in our minds, where we've just been kind of stuffing some junk, some pains from the past, hurts from the past. And instead of dealing with them, we just kind of find ourselves asking, what's the point? You know, I can't go back and change the past anyway. Things have always been this way. I've always been this way. My parents were like this. Their parents before them were like this. Like, it kind of is what it is. But I believe today, church, that God is wanting to give us the faith and the courage to deal with some of the things that we've stuffed away. Amen? Can we just raise the faith level in the room? I believe God brought you here for a purpose because he wants to help us deal with some of the stuff that we've been neglecting that's been piling up in the closets of our hearts and minds. And so let me remind you um, in this series... It's based on a story uh, in the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel about a man named Saul who became the first king of Israel. But before he became king, he was sent down on a special mission that ended up leading to him discovering his greater purpose, the purpose of his life. And so this mission is what we're calling a donkey mission. A donkey mission. It's one of those missions in life, one of those seasons of life where we find ourselves searching for something, a season where things seem pointless, where we're kind of like, God, where are you? What are you doing? But it's a season that can help us find our greater purpose. So if you missed week one, I want to encourage you to go back and watch it on YouTube. But in order for you to have some context, let's look at our story again. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. Are you ready? Here's what it says. There was a Benjamite, a man of standing whose name was Kish. 
Kish had a son named Saul, as handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel, and he was a head taller than anyone else. Now the donkeys belonging to Saul's father, Kish, were lost, and Kish said to his son Saul, take one of the servants with you and go and look for the lost donkeys. There it is, the donkey mission. One of those missions that we'd probably rather not have to do, feels like a chore, feels pointless. But here's what we learned last week. God often uses the seemingly pointless missions that we're sent on to lead us into our greater purpose. Come on, it's often in those seasons where we're out on a donkey mission and it seems pointless that we collide with our God-given purpose because God is ordering our steps. And today, I want us to look at just one verse uh, that on the surface, it seems insignificant, but as we zoom into it and look at the details of it, it actually matters greatly to the story. And that is verse four. Look at this verse with me. It says, so he, Saul, passed through the hill country of Ephraim and through the area around Shalisha, but they did not find them, didn't find the donkeys there. They went on into the district of Shalim, but the donkeys were not there. Then he passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them. Now, again, on the surface, these details seem kind of insignificant to us. But here's what I've learned from studying scripture over the years. No detail is in there by accident. It's in there for a reason. See, here's what's interesting. There's so much in this story that we don't know. Like, there's some details I would love to have. Like, what was the servant's name? That would be nice to know. How many donkeys are we talking about here, right? Like the Bible just says donkeys, plural, but how many are we talking about? We don't get those details. But what's interesting is that the writer of 1 Samuel goes out of his way to mention specific geographical locations that Saul and his servant traveled to while they were chasing after these wild donkeys. And each one of these places, uh, each one of these places that Saul visited has a significant meaning to the journey that God had him on. Now, Pastor Matt writes about it in the book. So if you, if you got the book, if you didn't get it yet, we have copies available in the lobby. He takes a few chapters to actually go into the significance of each of these different places that we're really not familiar with that are in the Holy Land. And we don't have time to get into every one of those. I want to just focus on one location that they traveled to for today's message. And I believe this location represents something that can help you and me in our journey of life. And I want to talk to you about four truths about your past. Because we're talking about peering into the cluttered closets of the past that we find in our hearts at times. And we want to deal with that. So four truths about your past. I want to invite you, take some notes, get your phone out, take some notes today. Here's the first one. Number one, no detail of your story is insignificant. Did you know that? No detail of your story is insignificant. I want to draw attention to one particular place that Saul and his servant went through in verse four again. It says, then he passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them, didn't find the donkeys there. Notice they went through the territory of Benjamin. Now, why does that matter? You say, Pastor, what's the big deal? So they trespassed on some guy Benjamin's territory. Like, what does that really matter? What's, what difference does that make to us? Well, if you go back to verse one, uh, the writer of 1 Samuel gives us the genealogy of, of King Saul and notice what it says. We're gonna go back and look at the full version, which we didn't read earlier. 1 Samuel chapter nine, verse one. Here's the full version because I abbreviated it. There was a Benjamite, a Benjamite, a man of standing whose name was Kish, Son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bacharath, the son of Aphiah of Benjamin. 
Do you see it? Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin. Benjamin was actually his great, great, great grandfather. And so here's the point. What it's basically saying is that when Paul went, uh, when Paul, when Saul went through the territory of Benjamin, he was actually going back to his old stomping grounds. He was revisiting his past. He was revisiting his family tree, the place where he most likely grew up. Here's the point, church. In order for Saul to move forward into his future, he had to recognize and deal with the past. And here's what I want you to know today. The path to your purpose often passes through the pain of your past. Let me say that again. It's a tongue twister, but you need to hear it again. The path to your purpose often passes through the pain of your past. God is inviting you and me into a journey, into a journey to pursue the purpose that he has for us. Just like he was ordering Saul's steps as he was chasing after these donkeys, which was really all about him stepping into the purpose that he had for him. And the reality is often that that path passes through the pain of your past and you got to deal with it. Let me ask you this. Have you ever gone back to the place where you grew up? Anybody ever gone back to your old stomping grounds before? A couple of years ago, I went home to visit my parents and to my hometown of New Orleans where I grew up. And, and I surprised my mom for Mother's Day. I showed up. I was her Mother's Day gift. Hello, happy Mother's Day. And I surprised my mom and hung out with my mom and dad for a few days. And we had, a, we had one day where we just went down memory lane. We, we uh, traveled to, my parents live about 45 minutes from where I grew up in suburban New Orleans. So we went to the area where, where I grew up, where my parents raised me. And we drove around a lot of familiar places. We visited the church that my dad pastored for 20 something years and the building that he built there. And then we went to our neighborhood. We visited my house that I grew up in, where I grew up with my three brothers. And, and here's one thing that stuck out to me when we were in front of my house, the yard that me and my brother used to play in, it seemed so big in my mind as a child, but when I was in front of the yard that day, it seemed so small to me. We had this open yard inside the house, and me and my brother used to play football there. My oldest brother, Jeff, he was the all-time quarterback, and I would go against my older brother, Josh. And in my mind, that field, it was like I was playing at MetLife Stadium. And it was like, it was huge in my mind, you know? It felt like my brother would throw me a pass. I was running for like, just, you know, yards, like running forever. And I looked at this, this yard, and I thought, that's it? <laughs> like, that's the place that I have all of these, like, really big memories and I think, church, sometimes we have the tendency to underestimate the people and the places we experienced in the past. Let me tell you something. No detail of your story, of your life is insignificant. It's all tied together and it all matters and it impacts you today. It impacts you in the present. And I know for some of you, that's a painful statement. Because for many of us in this room, there are seasons of our life where we've experienced pain, where there, there are things in our lives that we wish we could change, things that you said and did to people that were hurtful, things that, that were said to you, things that were done to you that, that were hurtful, disappointments in your life. How many of you ever wished like a movie, you could go back and edit certain seasons, certain scenes out of your life? We wish we could, right? And what's so painful is we know we can't change it. It's there. It's part of our story. And here's why this matters. Point number two, number two is this. Your past matters more to your present than you realize. Your past matters more to your present than you realize. See, for Saul, God actually ordered his steps so that he had to revisit the past. 
Okay? Remember, we learned that, that God was really orchestrating all of this, this whole episode of Saul's life. And isn't it interesting that he had to revisit his family tree before he could step into leadership of the entire nation of Israel? Let me ask you this question, church. Do you ever have anything in your past that shows up in your present? Anything in your past that tends to show up in your present? Most of you know I'm a dad of three boys. You know, it's fun being a, a, a dad of boys because as a guy, I get to relive my childhood in many different ways, raising boys, you know? And so often as I've been raising the boys through the different seasons of their lives, I can relate to the different things that they've been into. You know, the toys that they were into when they were little and the video games that they play and the sports and the riding their bicycles and, and all the different things that, that they're into that remind me of those different seasons when I was a kid. For example, my oldest son, Aaron, who's a senior in high school now, I remember when he was little, Transformers came back out and got popular, you know? And then he started playing with all these toys, these Transformer toys, and we were buying him Transformers for Christmas and his birthday, and he thought the Transformer toys were for him. They were really for me. I was like, this is awesome. Like, I'm reliving my childhood on the floor playing Transformers with my son Aaron. And this past summer, my middle son, Michael, who's 12, um, he got into fishing, so we have a few ponds over in Mount Pleasant where we live. And, and so he would get to riding his bike or, or getting a ride from us or other parents to go to some of the, the fishing holes with his friends around town. And, and man, it so reminded me of, my, of me when I was 12 years old because that's exactly what I was into. And so there was one day that I took him and his little brother Nicholas to meet up with one of his friends to drop him off at this local pond. And, I, I, and I, we pulled up and the boys got out and got all their gear out. And Michael was like, Dad, you, you can go now. You're good. Like his friend was there. And I just kind of kept hanging around. And like every few minutes, Michael was like, you can go. And I'm like, son, you don't understand. I'm reliving my childhood right now. I'm not leaving till I catch a bluegill or a bass or something. Like I want to pull something up and take a picture of it and go home and show your mother. <laughs> and so I stayed for like an hour with Michael asking me every 10 minutes, Dad, when are you leaving? I want to hang out with my friends. <laughs> Here's the whole point. As, as a dad, I can see so much of myself in my boys. And sometimes that's a good thing. And other times, not so good, right? Because you know that if you're a, a parent, like we're passing on everything to our kids, the positive traits and the negative traits. Lord, help them. Lord, have mercy on them, right? Like we're, we're passing on the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we're for honest parents. Sometimes there are things that our kids do that drive us crazy. Why? Because they're just like us. They're doing the very thing that you did that drove your parents crazy. Things from the past that pop up in the present. How many of you have noticed some things from the past that tend to make an appearance in your present? For example, parents, again, I'll pick on you. Do you ever find yourself in the middle of yelling at your kids and you have a moment where you recognize, oh my gosh, I sound exactly like my parents. <laughs> have you had that moment before? I have definitely had that moment before. Or maybe for some of you, your boss gives you some constructive feedback and it's healthy, it's not inappropriate, but instead of hearing their voice, you hear the voice of some toxic boss that you had in the past. Or you hear the voice of your overbearing father. Or you hear the voice of a teacher or a coach or somebody who made you feel less than, who made you feel like you couldn't measure up. Like, isn't it amazing how the past invades the present? Isn't it amazing how one picture as you're scrolling through your camera roll can change your whole mood? Isn't it amazing how one song that comes on the radio can take you back to a season of life, can totally change your, your mindset? Why? Because the past is often more powerful than, than you realize. And this is so important because point number three is this. 
What you don't deal with now compounds in your life. What you don't deal with now from your past compounds in your life. And so often we don't want to deal with our stuff. So often we don't want to deal with the hurts of the past, the pain of of the past because it's too painful. Or maybe we don't know how, we don't know what to do with it. Or maybe there's fear around that thing. I don't want to even open that closet of my heart, Pastor Jeremy. I don't even want to look in there because I don't think I can handle staring into that pain and dealing with that episode all over again. But here's the problem. What you don't deal with now has a way of compounding into the future and affecting your life in the future. And this is exactly what we see happens in the life of Saul. So spoiler alert, if you don't know the rest of King Saul's story, he indeed goes on to become the first king of Israel. But tragically, his reign does not go so well. It does not go well. It doesn't end well. Uh, Over time, Saul, he allowed some insecurity and some sin and some pride to, to build up to the point that his heart got hardened. His heart eventually got hardened over time. All of those hurts compounded to the point that he eventually turned away from God. And and later on, in fact, in his life, things get get so bad that God has to take away the kingdom from him. And God chooses a new king, King David, who ends up being the more famous king, the most famous king in the history of Israel. And what does God say about uh, King David? He says, this is a a man who who has a heart after mine. He's a man after my own heart. In other words, his heart is open to me. David was by no means perfect, but his heart was open to God. David had a way of dealing with his stuff. So many of the Psalms that you and I enjoy today were written by David who opened his heart to God and dealt with the pain that that he was going through. And I believe that Saul's issues later on in life that would undo his reign, undo his his kingdom, they were the result of things that he refused to deal with in the present. Church, let me ask you this. Is it possible that that we refuse, that when we refuse to deal with the things from, from our past, that they have the ability to compound and affect our future? For some of you, it's anger. Some of you have this uncontrollable anger that's boiling up at times and hurting your relationships with the people that you care about the most. And you've got to deal with it because it's affecting relationships and you've lost relationships in the past over it. Some of you, it's it's anxiety and depression that you haven't dealt with. And and if you don't get help soon, it's compounding so much that it's going to affect your ability to function in the future. Some of you are dealing with addiction. Listen to me. You need to get some courage to name it and call it what it is. Some some self-destructive habits that you've been turning to that do not represent God's best for your life. And I'm here to be the voice of truth to tell you it's not going to just get any better on its own. You got to deal with it. Some of you, it's, it's unforgiveness. Somebody hurt you years ago and that same hurt is still affecting you. You find yourself thinking about it, rehearsing it, going back over it, wishing you could change what you did or how you could get even and you got to let go of that thing because it's poisoning the well of your soul. For some of you, it's, it's jealousy. It's comparison. Good things happen to other people and you can't just be happy for them. You're always comparing what you have to other people and it's robbing you of your joy. And you got to deal with it in the present because all of us are in a fight for our future. If you don't deal with it, it's going to compound. It's going to grow. It's going to come back. Affect us in greater ways than we can imagine. And that brings us to point number four. And that is this God wants to heal you of the things from your past 
that can hold you back for the future, that can hold you back in the future. God wants to heal you from those things that can hold you back for all that he has for you in, in the future. And so often, church, we're carrying, it's like we're carrying baggage from the past and it's heavy and it weighs on us. And often what God will use is he'll use a donkey mission in your life to, to help you address that thing. Because what happens in these donkey mission seasons of life, the, 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 we're talking about the seasons where your patience is tested. That's what happened to Saul, Okay. The seasons where, where your character is being tested, the seasons where you're being humbled, where there's plenty of opportunity for being humbled, the seasons where you're more dependent on God. Those are the perfect opportunities for us to deal with the lingering things from our past that have the potential to derail our future. Listen to me, church, don't waste your donkey mission. If you're in a season where you found yourself searching, if you're in a season where you've been asking yourself, what is the point? Why am I going through this? I feel like I'm drifting some, like God, this isn't completely fulfilling. Those are the very times when we're searching. Those are the very times when we're longing. Those times when we're asking questions of God. Do you recognize that that is the very time that God wants to order your steps? God wants to draw you closer to him in the questioning, in, in the probing, in the reflecting on your own life. God God can begin to show you things, help you address things that will get you on the path to your future, the future that he has for you. And so don't waste those seasons. Don't waste those seasons. You know, earlier I mentioned our, our garage. And from time to time, we have to clear out the garage, especially every week when it's recycling day. A whole lot of cardboard is going to get moved out of, out of our, our garage. And why is that? Why is it that every now and then we have to clean out the garage? Every now and then Amy will re reorganize the garage. A couple Saturdays ago, I spent a few hours in the garage cleaning it out. Why is that? That's so we'll have space. We'll have space for the things that we actually need and want. We got to get rid of some things that we don't need, some things that aren't benefiting us, some things that are cluttering up our space. Why is that? So we can make space for the things that we actually need. Church, if we don't deal with the stuff that accumulates in the closets of our hearts and in our souls, it can take up room for the good thing that God wants to give you. You got to get this today, right? Because some of us are holding on to things that are causing us to miss what God wants to give to us. I want you to think about a hand that's held tight. It's not open to receive the good thing that God wants to give. Some of us are holding on to anger and unforgiveness, and it's taken up space for you to receive the peace of God in your life. Some of you, you're holding on to, to fear, and it's taken up space for you to receive faith from God to move into what he has for you. Some of you are, are holding on to people-pleasing, worried about what everybody else thinks about you and it's robbing you of, of the laser focus of only worrying about pleasing God and living for an audience of one. Some of you are holding on to guilt and to shame and, and you're hearing the voice of condemnation from the enemy and it's taking up space for you to experience the joy of the Lord that can be your strength. Some of you, you're, you're holding on to secret sin and it's taking up space from you enjoying a pure and a clean heart before God. And God wants to heal us of, of our past so that we can move into the greater destiny that he has for us. And so what do we do? What do we do? How do we do that, right? Because that's easier said than done. I want to just leave you with a few practical thoughts this morning. What do we do? Number one, you got to get really honest with yourself. You got to get honest with, with yourself. And you got to begin to develop self 
awareness. How do we do that? You gotta learn to ask yourself some questions. You gotta get curious about the things you're experiencing. See, we just go through lives in our lives at times and we don't always stop to be self-aware with what's really going on with us. And so learn to ask yourself some, some good questions like this. Why do I do what I do? Why do I do the things that I do? Why am I a workaholic? Why do I always slip back into that habit? Why do I always go to that thing? Why do I always go back to those broken relationships? Why is it that I do what I do? What's really driving me? That's an interesting question. Why, do I, why did I react that way? Here's another one. Why did I react that way? When that person said that to me, why did I fly off the handle? Why did I lose my patience so quickly? Why did I go from, from zero to 100 so fast in that situation? When really, because see, the situation really wasn't about them. It was really more about you and what's going on with you. Right? Why, why did I react that way? Is, here's another question. Is my present pain familiar to my pain in the past? Is my present pain familiar to my pain in the past? Probe that question. That's a great question to pray about. You begin to see patterns that have been there for years because oftentimes our surface emotions are pointing to something going on much deeper on the inside of us. For example, anger is a really easy example because anger is an emotion that most of us are really, really good at recognizing. Even guys who can be so bad at processing our emotions at times, even we can recognize when we're angry, right guys? We feel this anger, but here's the question, why are you angry? And you think it's about that one thing, but actually when you, when you push on it, when you probe it, when you ask the question, why am I really angry? What you'll often discover is that there's really another reason behind why you're really anger, angry. And you just keep asking the question why till you get to the very root of what's actually going on on the inside of you. Why am I taking this out on the ones I love? Why am I yelling at my kids? What I recognize is it's not really about them. It's about something that's going on in me. Layers down, maybe even years ago, a version of you from years ago that's still there. And so we got to learn how to get past these surface emotions and get honest with ourselves. Here's the second thing, number two, you got to seek help. You got to seek help. See, if you're going to experience the healing power of God, at some point in time, you're going to have to take a really courageous step and you're going to have to tell somebody. I know that's not easy, but I want to encourage you today. At some point in time, you're going to have to open your mouth and in a moment of, of Holy Spirit inspired courage, you're going to have to tell somebody about that pain. Tell somebody about what you're going through. Like you need someone to help you clean out the garage of your heart. You, you're going to need other people. And so, for example, that might be in your life group. Many of you joined a life group last week. And this week in life group, we're gonna be talking about this very topic in our life group. And we're gonna have an opportunity to get honest and vulnerable. And I know for some of you, that's not easy at all. And you might say, well, Pastor, I'm newer to the group and I don't know everybody. Can I just encourage you to step out in faith and share something? If nothing else, hang around after life group and share it with your leader. For some of you, maybe you need to talk to a counselor. If you go to our website, just go to where it says get connected and read about the ministries there. We can help you get connected with a Christian counselor. Maybe you need to talk to a Christian counselor. Maybe you need to talk to a friend, just somebody you gotta open up to. Maybe it's praying with the prayer team today. 
In just a few moments, we're gonna dismiss and our prayer team's gonna be available. And maybe some of you have never taken that step before. You've seen other people after service or you've heard about that and you've always been a little bit intimidated. Can I just tell you today is your day to step out in faith and go to another brother or sister in Christ who loves you and verbalize your need and allow them to pray for you. You gotta tell somebody, church, it's been said, we're only as sick as our secrets. The minute we open our mouths and begin to share what we're going through with someone else, it breaks the power of the enemy. In fact, Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse 12 says this, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Church, what the scripture is saying is we're better together. We need each other. This is why we need community. This is why God places, in a, places us in a spiritual family, in a church with other believers, because we need other believers to go to, to confess, to, to share our burdens. And let me just tell you, I know that's a scary step. For some of you, the enemy is gonna push back on you. For some of you, the voice of condemnation is gonna push back on you. And it's gonna feel really scary to go to someone and open your mouth and begin to share that need or that experience or that hurt. But can I just encourage you, lean in, hold on to the Holy Spirit and take a step of faith and share with somebody. Because I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. What you're gonna find is, on the other side of that conversation, nine times out of 10, another believer is gonna say to you, I know exactly how you feel. I've been there before. I can identify with that. I can pray for you. Enemy wants to keep us isolated when we need each other. Here's the third thing. What are we gonna do? Number three, we're gonna clean the house. Clean the house. Come on, it's time to clean out the junk drunk drawer. It's time to clean out that attic that's full of stuff. It's time to clean out the closets of our souls. There are things in your life that no longer represent God's best for you and your future. Can I say that to you again? Some of you are carrying things in your life that no longer represent God's best for you. Some of you are carrying things from years ago. Some of you are carrying versions of yourself that don't even represent who you are anymore. Because come on, I got good news for you. The scripture says, whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. That's not even who you are anymore. And somebody needs to speak truth over your life. That's not even who you are anymore. It's time to step into who God is calling you to be. It's time to step into your purpose. It's time to step into that new creation that he created you to be in Christ Jesus. How many of you are like me? And when you clean the house, you just feel better. Do we have any neat freaks in the house? Come on. Oh, God bless you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Bless you. How many of you? Come on. Even if you're not a neat freak. When you finally deal with that closet that's been cluttered up, like you just feel better. Like it's like a weight is lifted off of your chest. Like you can just breathe easier. Come on, I, I hate clutter. I'm like, whenever we start throwing things out, Amy's like, should we give it away? I'm like, give it away. Just give it away. I could give one of my kids away. Just give it away. Can clear it out. Just make more space in the house. <laughs> we don't need it. <laughs> Give it away. I just breathe easier, right? It's like a, a weight is lifted off me. Can I just encourage you today? We are gonna, with, with God's help, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we're gonna make some decisions today to clean out the closets of our souls. We're gonna, we're gonna let go of the past and we're gonna move into the future that God has for us. Some of us just need to pray a simple prayer today. God, help me to take the next step to move forward into the future that you have for me. God, help me to deal with my territory of Benjamin. I don't know what's in your territory of Benjamin as you explore it. Things from the past, things that were said to you, things that were done to you, 
disappointments that you have for yourself, expectations that you couldn't even live up to for, for yourself. But here's what I want you to know. A donkey mission is not a wasted season. A donkey mission is always a great opportunity for us to deal with the stuff of the past that is holding us back. Listen to me. Saul had to go through the territory of Benjamin. He had to go through his family tree. He had to revisit his past in order to embrace his purpose. And I believe God has ordered your steps today to bring you to this place because he wants freedom for your life. Come on, the scripture says, he who the son has set free is free indeed. God is inviting his church to walk in his freedom. So would you stand with me this morning? We're gonna pray and we're gonna embrace that freedom today. I don't know where you are on your journey, but here's what I want you to know. God is ordering your steps. He's directing your steps. He's leading you. He's calling you. He's guiding you to his purpose for your life. And for every one of us, it's gonna pass through the territory of Benjamin. It's gonna pass through our pain from the past. But here's the thing, he will help you to deal with it. So can we do that today? Can we just bow our heads? Maybe you wanna lift your hands if you're comfortable doing that, but let's open our hearts before him today. Father, we thank you today for your word. God, we thank you that today you are helping us, God, to see our past for, for what it is. Father, I'm praying for every person in this place that you would give them eyes to see, fresh perspective to see, to see what's in the past that's holding them back from embracing everything you have for the future. And even now as we're praying, the Holy Spirit is gonna begin to show you some things. Some names are gonna come to you. Some faces are gonna come to you. Some flashbacks to different scenes of your life to begin to recognize that some of the anger and the impatience and the unforgiveness and the things that have been bubbling up and, and boiling up into your emotions, God's gonna begin to show you where it's rooted in, where it's, what the cause of that is. Father, we thank you that you're speaking to us. God, you're showing us now even in, in this moment. Now, Father, today we're praying that you would give us the courage to let go of that pain. Lord, to open that closet door, to look into it and deal with it and call it what it is. Father, right now, I know for many people in this room, that is not easy. We're praying for your courage. God, we thank you that you're with us as we peer into that place that we don't even wanna think about at times. Lord, today we thank you that you're with us. And so Lord, we can call that thing what it is. Some of you, you need to speak it out and name it right now under your breath. Father, I give that thing to you. God, I give that situation to you. I give that person to you. I give what was done to me to you all over again. I invite you into that space, Father. I am exchanging that thing. God, I come to you open-handed. I'm letting go of it. And God, my hands are open now to receive the good things that you have for me, your love and your joy and your peace and your presence. Father, we thank you. God, I'm praying that you help each of us to have wisdom to take whatever our next step is whether it's talking to somebody in life group this week, whether it's getting into some Christian counseling, talking to a pastor, coming up to receive prayer today, just talking to a friend, whatever that step is, Father, I'm praying right now for Holy Spirit-inspired courage. We come against the, the voice of the enemy that would push back on us. And God, we're gonna step into your healing touch and experience your freedom. Father, I thank you for it. I pray you do it for every person in this place. I'm declaring healing, freedom, and your peace over every person in this place. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org or follow us on social media.